0: To the Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic News Radio. We will be drafting news radio episodes into units with a common theme. In Part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In Part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who preferred the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil.
1: Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory. We hope you enjoyed Part A, where we declared Lauren the winner of the Absa for Excellence in this podcast. Now we are back for Part B, where we will discuss this episode in further detail. I'm Thaddeus, and I'm here with Tom and Lauren discussing Movie Star, the first episode of our Bill Bastic unit. We're going to start off Part B by taking a second look at our Abs of Fever categories from Part A. The contestants will get a chance to share what other items they have on their lists, and I, as host, will get my chance to share my favorites from the episode. Let's start with favorite scenes. All right, so what were some of the other favorite scenes that uh, we didn't mention in Round 1? Tom? Uh,
2: We mostly covered them all, but uh, I would say the the, the one towards the end where um, right before Matthew off screen throws up on, on james khan um where mm. he's doing the real close talking which is just like invading Ooh. invading That's personal so space which like always a favorite game of my and my friends when we were younger just like oh what can we take away that you have personal space yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh,
1: he's right on top of him uh, and, then, and i'll say it now I forget how tall Matthew is. Yeah. But then it also makes you forget how big James Conn is. Mm. You know, like, if you think of any other movies, like, he's actually a big guy, and Matthew is actually taller than he is. And, like, right. you put him next to Bill, he's at least Bill's height. So right. I'm like, these these are three tall guys right here, and Matthew is real close and leaning <laughs> over him a little bit. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's just a good point right there. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, was there something that we didn't mention that you uh, thought was, that you really liked, you really thought was favorite?
4: Um, I really liked the last scene with Dave and Lisa, where where they kind of make amends in the TV store. Mm. I thought it was funny the way like they're they're having a conversation, but neither one of them is really aware right. the other one's there because they're too busy watching TV. Um, so I I liked how they managed to work out their disagreement anyway, in spite of the fact that they weren't really talking to each other. Um, right. Followed by the button of Jimmy appearing on the screen at the <laughs> Knicks game, and it's it's. Um, It's an unusual scene for the show. All the TV store scenes are really dark, which is outside of the norm. This is a very bright show. And um, we just get this little kind of sweet image of Dave and Lisa quietly leaning into each other. And it doesn't feel like a news radio scene at all, Mm -hmm. which I guess is why it catches my attention. But I thought it's kind of nice. It stands out. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It it, it was a nice reconciliation when you didn't see how they were going to get to one. (laughs) <laughs> especially when mm-hmm. they're stopping attention to one another. So it was yeah. kind of a nice compromise type scene. So I, I that's a good that's a good one to point out because it really does kind mm-hmm. of tie up that that storyline really well. Um, I think for me, and again, I, we pretty much covered, I think the entire episode at this point. Um, I think just the whole James Conn asking Matthew what makes him tick, you know, Bill's trying to talk <laughs> to him and he's just fascinated, just watching mm-hmm. him he finally walks over. What makes you tick? I got cats. He's like uh, cats. cats.
3: <laughs> cats. <laughs> like he makes the that best is. like victory. Like that's the
1: answer I was looking
4: for. Um, it, it
1: all makes sense now. And I gotta say, probably the other one. It's gotta be. It's gotta be the who's the spaz. Uh, that whole scene of him at the, yeah. at, the, at the at the coffee dispenser with Matthew just mm. running the coffee the whole time. And man, and the thing too is like that's the one time that James Caan is in on the joke. Like, that's the one time where he's generally having fun in the episode, is he's just so amused with Matthew
4: that he asks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's
2: kind of breaking there, but, like, it, it works really well, so...
4: It does. <laughs> yeah, you know. So
1: we're gonna talk a little bit more about James Cotton uh, a little bit later, and, and I want to say some of this is gonna come. Uh, some of my favorite scenes are attached to the quotes, <laughs> so I'm gonna yeah. wait for the mm. next one too. Yeah. Um,
2: um, oh, ahead. we we didn't mention the uh, the the cold open. Uh, there's a lot of missing of basketballs, so I mean, you're not gonna get that in any <laughs> other scene in news radio where that many basketballs are not caught. So I just yeah, I just want to bring that up again.
4: Doubling That's down.
2: That's true. What's <laughs> terrible? I mean, just a bad, bad opening scene. Oof.
4: Actually, when you pointed that out, I did kind of think about like. The basketball bouncing off Joe's shoulder, and just the way he looks at it and looks at Mr. James—that was kind of funny. That was another like t- small highlight of that cold. And then it,
2: it magically bounces back to Matthew somehow. It's like
4: it <laughs> <laughs> went through the wormhole. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. It was basically the Fibber, McGee and Molly of cold
4: opens. It was just like
2: the same <laughs> joke over and over. That
1: well, it's it's actually the worst I think for on a couple different levels. We can get into it now. Then, Um f- first of all. Is what's wrong with Mr. James? He hits one person with every pass. He hits one person. He hits Joe in the chest. Right. He misses Matt. Who is he throwing the ball to? Right. So either he like his glasses, his vision situation, or his coordination situation is completely off. But how do you miss Dave by so much that you break a window?
3: And he was
2: that, he was really close. He was only like ten feet away, and he missed him well, by, by, the by point, like three like- feet.
1: <laughs> Who, he, was, he misses Matthew twice, and then he, Joe's yeah. the only guy he hits. So like, it, it's just like, what is going on with this scene? And then this is actually something that's more. Uh, I just I just find it interesting now. Um, I listened to a podcast where they pointed out that in the Breakfast Club, um, y- there's a couple voices that gun- get done with like with kind of like the black accent, mm-hmm. you know. And it's that another reason why this scene's so good mm-hmm. is Mr. James come in like, yo, who watches the who? Who the what? Like coming in just using almost like that whole that whole affect, which I think in the 90s was probably right, but it also kind of showed you how the NBA was kind of looked at at that time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that popular culture mm-hmm. made that that association. So, uh, again, not my original idea, but I did notice it in this episode as well. And just like the whole cold open for me, just
2: yeah, nothing a hard works. Hard pass,
1: yeah. Nothing works at all. So, um, yeah, I feel like those are all the scenes. Lauren, do you have anything else you want to mention?
4: Um, not really another scene, just the fact that, like, I did try to think of a worse cold open. Yeah. And it's it's slim picking. Yeah. But the only ones that I came up with were other ones where it seemed like um, Jimmy was doing some very un-Jimmy type of things to sort of force a plot device they wanted to use later in the show. Okay. Yeah.
3: Um,
4: Like like the Andrea Plan B episode, that cold open. Yeah. Just seemed very un-Jimmy-like, but they had to get through that his little speech about bringing in the efficiency expert to get into that storyline, you know? So it's always when it's like forced, it's not, it's not that. Yeah.
2: There was, there was a card on like the board somewhere. It said, Jimmy is Jimmy in a like crazy body stocking outfit, like super (laughs) fan kind of thing. And then they're just, this is, they, the comedy goes away just to be able to justify that scene later, which is fun, but it's not that (laughs) funny. Like, I, would have I don't preferred.
1: know. <clears throat> I think that the trivia scenes are actually really funny.
3: You know what I mean? So, so I
1: think that whole thing with uh, with the girls competing actually does kind of add a lot more comedy than just just the basketball and the mm-hmm. bodysuit. You know, so mm-hmm. so it's not just a, a one note that they come back to at the end. It yeah. is kind of played through in a way that I think is not not so bad. All right, uh, let's move on to favorite quotes. Uh, Lauren, what were some of your favorite quotes? Something that we didn't mention at the in the first round.
4: Um, I like... He doesn't need to be pestered or hounded or thrown up on in any way. That's, that's <laughs> that is definitely. And I actually think I want to start using this one because sometimes my kids will ask Dad, hey, and I know Dad's trying to get some downtime somewhere. I think I'm just going to start telling them he doesn't need to be, you know, pestered or hounded or thrown up on in any way. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> Just, it's, but it's also the, the way that he says it to Matthew. <laughs> like,
4: With the smile, like, no, you too. you
1: going to be too busy to be pestered and all up on anyone. Anyway. Uh, and then Dave comes in. Well, this seems like a high bar. <laughs> it seems like a high bar. Like, we're all trying our best. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Tom, is there another quote that you uh, that we didn't
2: mention in the first round for you? I got to go to the bathroom and take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> um, this is actually I, we'll get to a little, a little bit later but like this is actually a great Andy Dick episode mm-hmm. uh, the physical yeah. comedy is turned up to 11 and like you know we're coming off of Towers and the, and the British punk rock Matthew uh, just <laughs> great, yeah. great performance it's and, very good <laughs> like a little bathroom, take my pants off <laughs> um Wow, so I actually I'm kinda of surprised I'm kinda of surprised that uh, nobody took some of the ones out of my list. <laughs> but my favorite has to be did you know there were actually six out all the pigs? This is number three. Favorite. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. <laughs> just, just the delivery for Dave on the not my favorite. Yeah. It's, it's really It's too good. good. And then I, it's actually kind of funny. Is I think that scene kind of ends and the next one comes back. It's, when it's like a lot of smart intellectual people watch television. Right. Dave <laughs> Nelson. Dave
4: Nelson. <laughs> I'm like, there's got
1: to be a way you can use that in real life. There's mm-hmm. got to be one that you, you can set somebody up to use that one.
4: I'm gonna start working on it. that is a good one. <laughs> a lot
1: of smart people bake red.
4: May one. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Um Okay, yeah, so those two are mine. I was kinda of like, oh, I, mean, I think one of those I think one of those will get mentioned, but uh but no. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh do we have any other quotes that we wanted to mention from this episode?
4: Um, I really like uh you know what I'm talking about: pouring coffee on your shoes, putting yeah. pens down your pants. <laughs> if I could use that in real life, that would be amazing. But so far, I haven't seen an opportunity. Yeah, well,
1: you've got kids, so I think that maybe you can,
2: you can hang in there
1: put that one in the back pocket. You may be able to pull that one yeah, out. Yeah, i
4: got to hang on to that one.
2: <laughs> Was it? Was it a loogie? Is still funny to me. Like just, just if, what it's, what it's in response to. Can you be more specific about the guy that spit <laughs> yeah. on somebody else, and she thinks be more specific about the spit. <laughs> <laughs> right, draws it out, kind of like
1: was it a uh,
2: loogie? <laughs> um,
1: I also like James Caws. Like that's got to be the most fascinating son of a bitch I've ever seen. Look. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and again, the way he says it is exactly how I think I would say it if I was sitting there <laughs> watching the show. Like, he just nails a tone. I'm like, that's exactly the right question at the yeah. right time. Yeah. Or the right <laughs> statement at the right time. Good. All right. Anything else?
4: Uh, the only other one I had on my list that hasn't already been mentioned was Rod man (laughs) of course with the big pregnant pause in the middle um but anytime i meet someone named rod i have to suppress the urge (laughs) to say rod man Man." (laughs) also just like an idiotic word association that happens in my brain
1: I think we're we're really learning that Lauren struggles not to spit out some of these quotes (laughs) at people. There's
4: so much that happens in here that doesn't make it onto the mic and just be glad I keep it locked up. (laughs) Lock it down. you lock it down.
1: (laughs) Okay, before we move on to the next category, we're going to learn some fun facts about things mentioned in this episode in a segment we call Half Truths and Gorilla Dust."
2: Hi, I'm Tom, and I am the host of Drews and Gorilla Dust. Um, so this, this was titled Movie Star, this episode. Uh, the movie star in question, of course, is James Caan. James Caan was born uh, March 26th in 1940. News Radio was born on March 25th, at least that's when it premiered, so they were only a day apart, uh, 45 years apart. Um, James Caan was... Uh, Featured in The Godfather, he had a cameo in Godfather 2 in other <laughs> movies such as The Program, Rollerball, Thief, Misery, uh, Dick Tracy, and uh, Brian's Song, uh, among many others. He had uh, well over 100 credits on IMDb. Um, he was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor for The Godfather. Uh, didn't win, but was nominated. Um, so yeah, James Caan. Rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. We also have in this... Uh, episode we've got green acres mentioned uh, and even shown uh several times uh green acres was a television show that aired from 1965 to 1971 starring eddie albert and eva gabor uh mm-hmm. eva gabor was um might know her from some of her animated work voiceover work in uh, disney movies like the rescuers or the aristocrats um anyhow she was kind of like the uh one of the original socialites her and um mm-hmm. her sister Jaja um and I think Jaja was even married to a Hilton so you know all those socialites tie up together um <laughs> we also get a, a mention of Pinky and Leather Tuscadero who I was actually unfamiliar with I looked it up and they're, they're from Happy Days I didn't realize that uh I guess I'm not like I watched Happy Days when I was little but I guess didn't pay that much attention um and uh, Pinky and Leather both had kind of uh, storylines intertwining with um, Fonzie, and um, of course uh, Fonzie was played by Henry Winkler, who uh, just recently there's been a, um, a clip of the uh, dinners that um, dinner parties hosted by um, John Favreau, and at at mm-hmm. one of them there's Dave Foley and Henry Winkler sitting next to each other, so like mm-hmm. that all comes around. Um, (laughs) Uh, we also get mention of c-span which lisa is totally unaware of somehow Um, c-span was established in 1979 c-span 2 which she is specifically watching was established in 1986 so it's over a decade old Uh, there's also since been a c-span 3 uh, established in 2001 so plenty of C-SPAN to watch if you can stomach it.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> Anna Karenina was uh, mentioned as, a, as something that kept Dave from Cheers. That was, of course, a novel written by Leo Leo Tolstoy. And the other classic novel mentioned was Goober in a Nutshell, which um, mm-hmm. ma- many of you, I'm sure, have read, uh, <laughs> which is, it gets paid back nicely in, in several episodes when, when George Goober Lindsay comes on to the uh, the show and i believe signs uh, some some of the books for uh the characters anyway that's been your half truths and gorilla dust
1: all right thank you tom for those half truths and especially that gorilla dust uh
2: <laughs> I, I, I forgot to do anything more about tea bags but you know <laughs> <laughs> no. how utterly disappointing <laughs>
5: <laughs> now
1: to get back to the categories, uh, we're going to get into what are some of our favorite gags were. Again, things not mentioned in the first round. Uh, so, Lauren, what were some of your favorite gags, you know, jokes that were in this episode?
4: Um, so we talked about, you know, Matthew's awkwardness and yep. um, uh, Matthew fetching the ball for Jimmy Um, I think this is the second occurrence, at least of the episodes that we've covered so far, where Matthew does that thing where he gets all choked up when he's trying to talk, like he's trying not to cry. Um, it's when he says... I got to go to the bathroom and take my pants off. Like he says it <laughs> yeah. in this voice, like I'm going to cry if I don't run away right now. Um, he did a similar thing. And I think I mentioned it when we covered the breakup, when he said that, you know, no one remembered his birthday the uh, last week and it really hurt. It hurt yep. <laughs> so i um, <laughs> kind of a funny running gag and I'm really enjoying it.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Tom, where some other gags you noticed in this episode?
2: Um, the, I don't know if it was mentioned earlier, but just Dave and Lisa in the, I, I think it was mentioned, but Dave and Lisa not listening to each other based on what was on television. Like, okay. one would listen, you know, turn off. Yeah, depending that's on a good one. Whether it was C-SPAN was or Green that. Acres, you know. Yeah. Th- 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 then they would pay attention.
1: Getting flipped back and forth, yeah. yeah. That is that is a good gag. That is a good joke. That's a, that's a good call right there. Um, I had down Bill smoking the pipe, like, trying to seem more sophisticated, mm. and he just pulls it out of <laughs> the office. Where to start? Where to start? You know, like... <laughs> I was surprised. I thought that would also be, uh, I would get there, but like the pipe is a a good touch and it's a good way for him to try to seem sophisticated in front of, uh, you know, his friend Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) We've never actually met. Yeah. He's a mistake to make. Happens all the time. (laughs) Okay, uh, so, yeah, actually, I we mentioned it, you know, I thought the the trivia game, of course, and Lisa not knowing about C-SPAN, I thought that was a pretty good gag, like, like Tom said, you know, she's either terrible at her job, or, you know, that's, but it's a nice little gag, just the way they set it up, and, and obviously play it into the whole, uh, you know, Green Acres on the other side, so, I thought that was a nice one to include. Um, are there any others that we haven't mentioned? Lauren?
4: i like the double take that dave and lisa do when they walk past james conn while they're on their way out to the elevator to go by the tv it felt like a little bit of a nod to the fact that um their storyline really didn't touch any of the other storylines this was one of those episodes where everything was really separated and it was that tiny moment that felt like the acknowledgement of that fact that these are like siloed stories here yeah The, the way they just say hi and then walk past him and then turn around and, like, oh my God, it's James Caan. And then he looks at them and then they head off. Yeah, and back and then in they the scurry elevator,
1: out like, like, to the elevator. They scurry mind. out to the <laughs> elevator and
2: then stand closer yeah. to the elevator doors Very than close. anybody ever should. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. I caught that too. I was like, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> like weird.
1: Um, have either of you ever had a situation like that where you walked by a celebrity or somebody and, and you kind of did a double take and look back?
4: I have. <laughs> um,. I didn't, like, approach them or anything. I just did the double take and then kept on walking. But I was um, working near where they were filming... a Vince Vaughn movie. What's that? with what, The Interns or something okay. like that? Yeah, yeah, The Intern, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just happened to be at, pa- walking past where they had all the hair and makeup trailers set up. Uh, just happened. For, you know, for prep. I just happened to walk by right as he was walking out of his trailer and he yawned, so I saw Vince Vaughn yawn and it's only interesting because it rhymes.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a little bit more interesting <laughs> more than that, but, the, but yeah, the rhyme kind of seals it. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: Tom, has that ever happened to you? Anything similar? Uh, I was like... We were um, in London, and we were walking up the street. We were going to the British Museum. We were walking up the street, and coming down the street on the other side was, um, we we're kind of going around this fountain. It was almost like a roundabout situation. And mm-hmm. on the other side is Bryan Cranston. And oh. I just kind of, like, waved, and, and, and like, but he was by me because we were going yeah. in opposite directions. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so for me, one time, they were doing um, an ESPN commercial. And I walk by this tall guy's curly hair, and I'm just like, man, like, I know this guy. You know, he's in his suit, and, like, I walked down the hallway, I looked back, and, like, he looks back at me, like, smiles and nods. You know, like, he he knows exactly what's going on. Tony Gonzalez. It was Tony Gonzalez, the tight end from the Chiefs. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. You know, and, like, I was, like, he just walks right by. It's like... You know, especially with football with a face pass, I was like I knew I knew who it was and I just could not place it for the life of me. And he caught me trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. I could see he was enjoying that part. Right. Um but yeah, that's <laughs> that is probably very close to the to the David Lisa just like
2: right.
1: quick turn and then scurry <laughs> out in the other direction. I was like, I I don't know. Um but yeah. So all right. Maybe that wasn't the uh, the hitter I thought it was going to be, but but it's Tony Gonzalez. I think the I think those are my favorite gags. So moving into our favorite aspects and background catches. All right, what are some of the things that we noticed, Little things we noticed about this episode. Tom, why don't we start with you on this one?
2: Uh, I don't know. It that, definitely it was a foreground, but like why on earth was there a foot? Or, uh, I'm sorry, soccer ball. Yes, and, and a football on the on the table like this was about yes. <laughs> yeah i had that done under questions yeah under <laughs> like, okay just so, like, why are they there? i mean that that was just the, it's there for one scene and just like what <laughs> yeah mr james is terrible with the
1: basketball so we're going to have these other ones that are harder to control in the office right. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: all
1: right. sure thing intramural start on tuesday <laughs> all right <laughs> lauren what did you have Was something else you noticed
4: um, I really love, um, in the scene in the TV store where Dave's holding the camera pointed at himself and he's talking about Goober in a nutshell, the way you get that close up of his face on the TVs behind him and oh, it's yeah. like 12 Daves up real close, kind of looking like nervous, like side eye trying to look at Lisa <laughs> while he's still looking at the camera. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I thought it <laughs> added a lot of humor that to was, that was Yeah, that was
3: great. <laughs>
1: Oh, I didn't even—I didn't even actually notice that because I'm looking at his actual face of just how how funny I right. think it is. That's a good one. Um, my number one for this was when Matthew whips his glasses down as James Khan signs the <laughs> autograph. It is like I don't even know if that was intentional or not. Like that could have just happened when they were taping. I don't, you know, I don't wear glasses on a regular basis, so. But like, he turns and he whips those things off his face, you know, and he turns back to look at Bill, just like, I don't know what's going on. Um, I think that's hilarious. I think it's one of the, the little choices I felt was hilarious.
4: Well, and then he very much just looks like Andy Dick. Like, what, yeah. I didn't realize how much the, the glasses make Matthew Matthew. Okay. He takes those off and all of a sudden it's like, that is Andy Dick. That is not Matthew Brock. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But I, I think it actually works because he seems like a different person, you know, and he's just oh, like, yeah. what is happening right now? Right. It's, it's like, like, you get a sense of his discombobulation because now yeah. it's like, this isn't even the guy that I, I've known for three, four seasons. Yep. Yeah. Um, another one that I really liked was when Lisa slaps the remote control out of the guy's hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then he picks it up and puts it back next to her. And he hits right. it to her. Her. yeah. yeah. <laughs> she slaps it out of his hands. I'm just like... That dude is just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I think that was that's a good one. Um, what are some other
2: ones that we had down? Tom? Uh, James Khan like, when he goes over to get the coffee from Matthew, and he, he eventually takes a cup and he sticks it underneath the stream of coffee coming out. Yeah. But then he just pulls it away for just a second, just to see if it'll stop. And then he's like, no, okay, all right. You're, you're full-on crazy, let me tell <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Like, it's just a test. Like, what's he going to do if I pull it away? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Again, it's really good Andy Dick episode
1: as far as his performance. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren, do you have any other ones?
4: Um, More of like a continuity catch kind of thing. In the super fan scene, uh, Catherine and Beth turn toward a food vendor right as Jimmy rips off his shirt, you know, and reveals his blue Spandex costume underneath. And as he's pulling his mask on, Beth is in frame and clearly looks right at him and does not react at all. And then it cuts to a wider shot and she's still over with Catherine at the food vendor like she hasn't seen him yet. Uh, Um, And hmm. then, of course, we see the reaction of both of them once he gets up and starts screaming and stuff. So just a little continuity kind of thing. Okay. Um, That was odd. Also in the same scene, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I felt like the extras filling out the stands were mostly dressed like they thought they were going to be doing background for an office sitcom. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> right? Uh. We've got we got one girl wearing a T-shirt that says like Knicks basketball over like a sweater or something yeah. like that. And then everyone else is sort of in like button down shirts, khakis, cardigans. Like it didn't look like they knew what scene they were showing right. up for that day. <laughs> hmm.
1: I'm like, that could have been New York in the 90s going to go to the Knicks games. Like, like, <laughs> Maybe it like, was, that's, that's I don't know. That's not a bad point, but I'm like, on the East Coast, like, yeah, didn't, didn't raise as many alarms with me. That's a good point. Um, I actually had, in the same scene, Catherine putting on her dark glasses. <laughs> Once Jimmy comes out, yeah. she puts the glasses on to try to, like, hide her face. That's
4: a nice I touch. thought that was a nice little touch right there.
1: <laughs> I was like, poor Beth. one's going to notice the redhead. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Um, Okay. So keepsakes, you know, where are some of the other objects that we would have uh, we would have pilfered from this set for our displaying purposes?
4: Bill's headphones, probably, or the cans as they were the cans. (laughs) The cans. cans. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe it's a normal thing to keep an extra set of headphones in your desk. I don't know why he would need them there. Like, what's he going to plug them into? <laughs> but maybe that's true. where he keeps his spares. I don't know, but um, I don't know. They look nice.
1: Yeah, it's true. I never really thought about if, like, they all have individual headphones or if there's just like a set that they all wear inside the booth. You know, yeah. I guess if you're that big, know. you could have your own. <laughs> you, you have a little case, just walk in and settle shop. <laughs> Bring me Lucille. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, Tom, What's something else you had as a keepsake on your list? Uh,
2: The pipe. Yeah, that was on on my Mm -hmm. list. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I was... um, Again, I might have actually told this story before, but... I used to play, we played like a beer pong tournament, and my buddy and I, we chose the name Professors. We both showed up wearing jackets and had pipes and made like an elaborate show before the game of, of like putting a little tobacco in and smoking <laughs> the pipes and looking very intellectual and, and uh, like I don't even know if we won a game. I think we were terrible, but, but we thought it was hilarious. Oh, that is, and hilarious. it was hilarious. Oh, my yeah, God,
2: that's funny.
1: Had a corduroy jacket, you know, nice. like a button-down shirt going on. <laughs> like, oh, wow. roll the balls over here. Drink a well, cup, sir.
2: Looking like Donald um, Sutherland and uh, Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> a little too much. Yeah, so the pipe was definitely, like, number one. Like, oh, no, like, we're definitely going to get this pipe and put it up. <laughs> um, but I also had the TV goggles that Dave has on in the store. I thought that was good. And the quiz cards, which, you know, was also mentioned. Um, I thought those would those make great keepsakes from this episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, was there anything else that anybody wanted to take?
4: Mine was, uh, you know, Tom talked about the, the super fan suit. Yeah. So that, that was on the only other thing on my list.
1: Yeah, I was like, ah, I, I like it more because it's worn. You know, the yeah, letters yeah. are falling off. Like, that. Right. Yeah, they're coming off. Yeah, yeah. I like it more for that part than
4: <laughs> the suit itself. It's been around.
1: Yeah. Yep, he must be a super fan because it is worn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So those are all the keepsakes all right moving on to enigmas enigma smothered in secret sauce where were some other questions we had from this episode um let's see i had it why is joe swig a cigar in dave's office at all which we talked about a little bit before um and I mentioned before, is Mr. James a terrible passer or athlete? Does he have bad vision or coordination? Like, what is his deal with all the bad passes? And why is our random soccer ball or football on the meeting table? <laughs> so we covered a bunch of these already. I have one or two more. Uh, one, yeah, one or two more. Uh, Tom, what did you have for another enigma?
2: OK, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy being a super fan, that's one thing. But have you ever gone to a sporting event where you took the equipment of that sport to work the day of? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like, you know, if if I was going to go to the Masters, I'm bringing golf clubs to work like that. No, <laughs> that doesn't have. It, yeah. I'm not going to warm up by taking ground balls before I go see the Orioles. It's it, And that's, like, baseball is the only sport where people actually bring gloves, but that is mm. for protective reasons because stuff can be coming at you at hundreds of miles an hour. But generally speaking, most people don't take baseball gloves. And certainly, that's I true. don't, people don't take hockey pucks to <laughs> to see a hockey game. They don't take basketballs to go see a basketball game. Why
5: does he bring a basketball?
2: True. Yeah.
1: Lauren, what do you think about that?
4: Um, Yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, I don't go to a lot of sporting events. I'm kind of trying to equate it to like, um, like if I go to a concert, Mm -hmm. I hate being that person who's wearing the shirt of the band (laughs) that I'm going to see. It doesn't matter how many shirts I got in my drawer at home. I'm not going to wear it to the show, you know?
2: PCU did it to us all, right? Yeah. Um, but
4: you, you make a good point, especially why to the office? even if like you do feel like you got to bring your lucky basketball to the game. why bring it to the office the day of the game? Like well, what is the purpose of that? Yeah <laughs> I,
1: I don't know like I'm leaning more towards like I feel like I've worked in environments where it's closer to something like that happening. You know like even though there's a little bit of a hierarchy there's like if somebody's a super fan and, and something is coming out, you know like they're gonna wear something or have something to kind of show off their fandom.
2: Wear something. yes.
1: Yeah, you know, like, I'm like, uh, I could see somebody bringing like a baseball or, you know, a hockey book, something that fits in your hand, you know, essentially, I think you can bring and show off or like, you know, have a big game, I might toss a baseball to myself the whole time. But like, probably not a football, soccer ball or basketball.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: and just I guess Jimmy's the boss, right? Like, but he's just like, you know, what? <laughs> today, I'm gonna get into my full suit. And then I'm gonna grab this basketball and start throwing passes all over the place. That seems to be what he was doing. Why is he doing that?
2: He owns a sporting goods store, I guess. That's the the
1: other thing, right? (laughs) All right, Lauren, what is an enigma that you had on your list?
4: I want to know, how do you think Spike Lee feels about Jimmy being the super fan? Because it sounds like they know each other based on the way Jimmy talks about him. Yeah do you think spike is cool with Jimmy and thinks the super fan bit is funny? Or do you think spike is like, Oh great. Not this guy again.
1: <laughs> like, I don't think that he's going to sell his ticket to Jimmy James. <laughs>
4: you know, like, he's not going to miss the game. Right. No, that's spike. I mean, <laughs> we're
1: talking like, even if you offered a lot of money, this is spike Lee super fan. Yeah. So yeah, he
4: is the super fan. <laughs> yeah.
1: If they hadn't mentioned spike, I think I would have been like, okay, but because he's like, Oh, we'll buy spikes ticket. I was like, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. He should
4: have said Ted Turner. We all would have just taken it in stride. Yeah.
1: We'll kick Ted (laughs) Turner out of the box or something like that. Out of the (laughs) owner's box.
2: Yeah, Ted Turner Uh, and the Hawks, I believe.
1: Yeah, he's Atlanta. That's true. Um, One of my enigmas was who's in charge of the office when Dave and Lisa are both out? Is it actually Bill? Because literally, he's got to be the most senior and most experienced person left in the office. So, again, why are we leaving when you have a celebrity coming in, when you know Bill is going to be on his, on his worst behavior? Uh, but, like, who's, is Bill actually in charge of the office during that time? Is it not as weird as him walking around being like, when are you going to win me that Pulitzer? Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: hard work, Nikki. That's all it takes.
2: I, th- I think it might be Nikki. I think Nikki might be in charge. <laughs> like, I think it's one of the extras that are, you know, floating around. I, I can't, it can't be Bill. Although, right? they do, they actually do put him in charge at one point to teach him a lesson, but they do, so maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, because because they're gone for hours. That's just like, you know, if they were gone,
1: like, I'd be like, yeah, all right, we'll be fine for an hour. We're just going to run out, run a little errand, which is what they expected. But once they don't come back for like 90 minutes, I'm like, who's in charge? Like, mm-hmm. if, really, the answer is James Conn Because if right, James yeah. Conn wasn't there, <laughs> who knows what Bill would have done if James Conn wasn't there. James Conn was the guy who kept Bill in check that episode. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that was one of my enigmas that I, <laughs> that I was hoping to find an answer to. Um, Lauren, do you have another one?
4: I have one more. Um, why are there so many salespeople milling around the TV store and yet none of them are trying to help Dave and Lisa make a decision? I feel like any time mm. I go to buy something that involves a salesperson, they're usually like circling like vultures and they don't leave you alone until you buy something. Mm, it's true. Was it different in the 90s? I don't know. Are these
1: guys not on commission? <laughs> <laughs> all good questions. For anybody that's actually been to an electronics store to make a purchase, these are all good questions. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> all right, Tom, do you have any more enigmas for us? Uh,
2: no. I'm now right. enigma free.
1: I have one more, which is just, what did Bill say to finally make James Conn punch him? <laughs> what was the last straw that caused... And, like, was it to Matthew or was it to James Conn? Like, you know, what if he said something to Matthew and James Conn reacted by punching Bill?
4: I always assumed it was that Matthew threw up on James Conn and James Conn just immediately turned and punched Bill. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is your fault somehow. <laughs> 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 you did this. I don't know how, but it's your fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess James Conn really has a hot head legacy, huh? a hot head reputation. <laughs>
4: I never thought about it, but when he said it, I realized that was the assumption I had made all mm. these years.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm just like, what was the final straw with this guy? You know, again, you know another part we didn't really mention, is like, I'm not going anywhere. He's like, obviously.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um... That is one I use, but not necessarily like... Um... Nobody's ever going to, it's one word. Nobody's ever going to know it's from that episode. But like we, we have a potluck at work. Sign up for what you're bringing. I always write bread, obviously.
1: (laughs) Definitely appropriate. Yeah. Should be pre-filled out in your case. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that is all of the questions, right? We don't have any more questions. That was it? No, that was it.
4: That was all I had.
1: Okay. All right. Now we're going to go to a segment we call a time capsule from the internet with Lauren.
4: Okay, so just an interesting thing about timing. Um, Someone named Adrian came to the message boards and said they went to a taping of the show the same week that this episode aired. So the episode they were filming was Christmas, which aired as season three, episode 10. (laughs) That's the one with everyone trying to leave early for christmas beth and bill doing the garage door ad and lisa and dave trying to visit dave's parents in wisconsin so that aired december 18th 1996 which means it was filmed about a month in advance just thought that was kind of interesting a little inside info to their production schedule maybe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the same week this episode aired joe rogan appeared on mad tv and politically incorrect uh, folks on the message boards thought he was pretty good on Mad TV, but his appearance on Politically Incorrect had someone named Janet F. stating that she had no idea he was such a jerk in real life, too. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he said some rude things to Anne Rice after she claimed Bill Clinton was the sexiest man we've ever had in the White House. <laughs> Sounds like someone let that show get way off the rails. Yeah, that's a,
1: a passionate topic indeed. I don't know why I even touched that on TV. <laughs>
4: Joe obviously had strong feelings about it. Obviously. Obviously. Um, Our good friend Tavey tuned into Howard Stern this week only to hear him berating news radio. According to Tavey, Stern said, let me tell you about news radio. News radio was uh, created by this guy, Paul Sams, who was going to be a writer on my movie. But instead, he wrote a show called News Radio. And every week they asked me to be on that show. And every week I turn it down. (laughs) And she said she couldn't tell if the pronunciation of Sam's instead of Sims was uh, Stern not knowing what he was talking about or him intentionally trying to insult Paul Sims. Hmm. So we may never know. But that has been a time capsule from the Internet.
1: All right. Thank you, Lloyd. Uh, okay, we have a couple more categories to go here, talking about this episode. Uh, we're going to talk now about the cast. General discussion of the cast, and we'll talk a little bit about James Caan. <laughs> Jimmy. Um, <laughs> so, first off, I'm actually, you know, we talked about a lot already. Just, again, Andy Dick, the physical performance. Uh, what I really thought this episode made me realize is, like he's he's almost integral to the cast in a way that i never really appreciated before you know because of the way that bill is going to interact with him. you don't have another character where bill can kind of have that same dynamic with in in the same situation so um i i think i really really appreciated andy dick in this episode and and just the level of physical comedy and, and how good he really was you know i think this is a great episode for him so uh starting there what did you guys think
4: Oh, I think he, he came across as the star. I mean, I made him my MVP. I, I, I had James Conn as my runner-up, so Tom and I were just yeah. flip-flopped. Yeah. But I mean, they made the episode. Yeah. That, that storyline was what was the most uh, news radio-y to me. Yeah. Like I, I really liked the other storylines, don't, don't get me wrong. But like obviously, this is the A story. It's what the episode was named for. And to get a, a star of that caliber, right. I think, was pretty impressive. On the part of the you know the casting director or whoever, whoever managed to get him on the show. Right.
2: Good. Tom, Any thoughts on the indie dick performance? Oh yeah, he was. I. It was excellent. I, he was again my runner up. Um, and and I. Okay. Your point about him being integral, I think, is well taken. I think it's um, you know, in a lot of office comedies, you need mm-hmm. that weird guy like Jerry on Parks and Rec, or, you know, and yeah. when you take them out then it's it does it can create the vacuum where you have to provide somebody else and there's some comedy there and i think even like on news radio at one point like bill is starting to act more in a manner like matthew was because matthew was no longer there and he kind of felt and then you know they then they bring matthew back you know and it kind of saves him from mm. that so mm. okay yeah, yeah I, I was even, you know, I
1: was more like, who could play this role? Like, who could you plug in to the oh, gosh, to Jimmy yeah. Dick role and still have it work? Right. You know, like what kind of comedians could you put in? I, I feel like his comedy was really unique at that time mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as far as being able to pull that off. So, right. And again, you know, I think the other two, Phil Hartman has stat. You know, he's not a small guy. Phil Hartman has a lot of like gravitas to him when he wants it, of course. But he's a physical type of performer and having somebody that's actually taller than him, right. you know, somehow plays really well in keeping that dynamic. Um, it, it's not like he's bullying a little guy right you know right. like, like yeah. even though even though he's definitely kind of a bully it's there's something different because they're, they're almost more like equals in the way that they uh, approach each other but you know that's what i think those are my probably the most positive thoughts i will have on andy dick and right right yeah, yeah so it's a good thing we got him on tape <laughs> um all right well who are some of the other uh other actors and cast members we want to shout out for this episode
4: Well, I kind of wondered how the rest of the cast felt about the fact that they had this huge movie star on set and on their little sitcom, and they really didn't have any scenes with him. It was really just Bill and Matthew Hmm. with James Caan. Everyone else was in there. You get that little moment where Dave and Lisa walked past him. That was it. I kind of wondered how they they all felt about that. maybe they got to relieve some of their nerves because they don't have to act with James Caan, yeah. or maybe they felt a little jealous that they didn't get to have those scenes. Or that's I'm just true. curious how they felt about it.
1: Yeah, it would be really cool to be like, oh, I have this scene with James Cotton. Like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a really good point. I didn't really think too much about that. Okay. Um, Tom, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up about the cast before we get to Yeah, uh, you James, know, James
2: it, it kind of makes it... Um, a little bit of a missed opportunity, I feel like, because there could be a lot of comedy in how everybody reacts to him. Like, mm. individual, like, yeah, Matthew is going to have the most, probably, M- Matthew and Bill are going to have the, the funniest reactions because Bill's going to try to do something ridiculous, but Matthew is just going to act in, like, that manner, like, the way he did. Um, yeah. But it would be interesting to see what the more grounded characters, although, Beth, I mean, Beth would be kind of weird too. So, I don't know. It worked out the, it worked out well. I mean, I thought the other stories were, were funny, but um, it would have been interesting to see how how they all would have intertwined with James Scott.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I don't I, I never really thought about that part, but like the thing is that James Conn is playing it straight in this episode. Right. Yeah. You know, like he's not in on the joke. He is just James Conn on a regular day, mm-hmm. and this place is crazy. Like I, I just wonder if it would have been too much. Um, overall, and, and maybe like you said, cutting it down, maybe that's that's what kind of lets him kind of maintain that straight man type of right. type of yeah. performance. But mm-hmm. um, I, I do wish there had been something with the rest of the cast, even if it was just kind of a group uh, a group scene saying hello or goodbye or something like that.
2: I mean, was there a scene that we could have cut that wasn't really funny? that we could have gotten that. I don't know. The cold open.
3: Cold open. <laughs> yeah. <then>. Like, <laughs> yeah
1: big, I mean, real, realistically, if you make the opening scene, Bill telling everybody that his friend Jimmy Khan is coming by, uh, that's actually a, a much better cold open and gives us more time to fool around inside the episode. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, especially when they got to come back from the theme song and have Matthew jump through the play class, I was like, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> like, just make it worse. Just keep digging that hole. Yeah. All right. I thought this was a great Catherine reaction episode. Uh, Reacts to Bill admitting that he's never met James Mm (laughs) Khan. Reacts to Beth's answers in the trivia, and then reacts to Mister James at the end of the game. (laughs) Um, But I thought that she really did a great job reacting. I thought that was something that I noticed this time around. Mm
4: -hmm. And her reactions to the questions she got in comparison to the questions Beth got. It just all around. Fantastic yeah. reactions from Catherine. Yeah, she was. And
2: great. the the clear, you know, I mean, it's so clear that she knows way more about basketball. Like, right? It's like, then- close. She is, yeah, she's very close on everything. Like, she knows Will Chamberlain is, and she knows who, you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Numbers, is Really stats. close.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Knows- Joe keeps catching her on these technicalities. <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: ABA. Come on. <laughs>
1: Um, so the last person I have done before James Conn is, uh, is Bill, actually, the, the Phil Hartman performance, um, because we don't get an insecure Bill very often. Right. You know, like, again, I, I do like the fact that it's kind of a, a built into his character, that around celebrities is going to suck up and, and really kind of like give them carte blanche. Uh, but this is one of the first episodes, at least that we've done, and we've covered together. Uh, where he is just—he's not—he's not the bully. He's not the guy that's calling all the shots. He's reacting to James Khan He's reacting to Matthew. He actually pulls Matthew over to the side and he lies to James Khan about his uncle.
3: And James <laughs> <Conn's> like, <laughs>
1: that didn't happen. Yeah, you're right, but it could have though. You know, like we don't—we don't see him seek approval. Right. I think uh, very often. You know, a couple happens a couple times, but not very often. So I—I I really like this as kind of a. An, a just a different Bill performance that we usually see in the episodes.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I agree. Very strong performance from Bill. Um, very in character for him. I think he did everything you would expect Bill to do yeah. um, when confronted with a major celebrity like that. Um, yeah, it was Bill Bassett. Yeah, Bill Bassett.
2: <laughs> just, just going from trying to make James <laughs> Kahn's visit about Bill instead of yeah. about like actually helping James Conn, which he could have done and probably would it would have been appreciated and boom you know but <laughs> he no he, he 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 acts like bill and he gets punched so <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does make you tick
3: <laughs> force is good meal <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay all right were there were there any other points or any other cast members you want to bring up before we have a quick discussion here on James Conn?
4: that's all i really no, had all. down yeah.
1: Yeah. okay all right uh, so you know again uh, James Khan passed away very recently um, you know I personally listen to you know podcasts to talk about movies and, and of course they touched on it and filled me into some facts a lot of things I didn't know uh, but I, I really I really enjoyed James Con in this episode and I think the place to start is is, is who, who at that time could have played that role and it would have had the same type of impact? And then if you have seen any James Con movies, how many times can you find someone else who plays the roles that he plays? Um, mm. And that I think there's a couple roles. Obviously, like uh, the program. I, I played football. I love the program. You know, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. And like, yeah, you probably could get another guy. and It probably would be okay. You know, he doesn't make as big an impact in that movie. You know, but starting with the Godfather, of course, and then going through um, Thief is Michael Mann's first movie. All right, anybody who knows Heat knows who Michael Mann is and some of the movies that he puts together. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people know that. Uh, The Dark Knight, the one with the Joker with Heath Ledger, that was modeled after Heat, after Michael Mann's Heat. Uh, So James Caan is kind of almost like one of the first films, it might have been Michael Mann's first film if I remember right. or first big film, and they set up a lot of stuff. People, you know, again, the criticism point out a lot of things that uh, James Khan brought to the movie that you will see in later Michael Mann movies. Mm. Uh, so I, I just kind of wanted to start and just kind of point out, like, you don't have another guy that can really step into those roles and play it the same way or get kind of respect uh, the same way. So I know that I am by far the, the biggest uh, James Conn fan here of the three of us. But I wanted to know what you guys thought about him, just kind of as an actor and some of the roles he, he uh, played, and and you know what was maybe unique about his performances that you noticed, or let's just talk about the Godfather because I love the movie too. <laughs> um,
4: you know, like like Bill points out in the episode, he calls him a Hollywood tough guy. Yeah, I think he does kind of have that persona. He plays these roles where he is he's the tough guy He plays these serious, heavy hitter kind of roles, and mm-hmm. um. He's perfectly capable of doing comedy and, and lighter stuff as well, but that's not really what you think of when you think of him. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's more of the tough guy, and I think um, you know when he passed, some people had shared stories. I, of course, I'm in my little algorithm bubble where all <laughs> the news was about this appearance on news radio. Yeah. Um, But like people who were involved with the show sort of spoke out and talked about how gracious he was on set and what a nice guy he was and shared stories, you know, from his past with the cast and and stuff like that. So it's like you get um, you get this image of him in his role as this tough guy. And he's, you know, always packing a gun, always ready to take throw a punch or something. (laughs) You know, he just seems like the tough guy. Um, But he, he seems like he's also just a very sweet, gracious person.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Tom, did you have any thoughts on Con uh, kind of that we haven't shared yet? Uh, no, I mean
2: that's that is kind of the persona that I would think of. Like the the movies that I think that I've seen him in has have come from kind of that gangster, like The Godfather. You know, it's yeah. like his his big break. You know, I, I would think. Um, yeah. Because you know he was pretty young back then. I mean, he might have been like twenty two or twenty three when The Godfather filmed. Because you know, I think what he was born in nineteen forty. So yeah, he's like twenty three. Um, so yeah, I, like the the other roles that I, I like, um, Honeymoon in Vegas, I think was one. Yep, he plays um, the father. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's kind of like That's a gangster a in that one. Um, yep, tough guy. Mickey Blue Eyes, I think yep. he's a gangster in that. So like, those are the the kind of roles that I associate with him, and. um, like it was, it was cool to see him. And yeah, I mean, he's not, not really tough. He's he's like actually trying to figure out, like, okay, I just need the technical specs. He's not trying to be a tough guy, but that it just kind of that comes through a little bit as he gets more annoyed. But he's yeah, also yeah. like, he's also like cats, <laughs> like you know. That's what <laughs> um, yeah. makes him tick. Yeah, but yeah, that's I, I think that is accurate. Like that, that was his persona and. um you know i guess there are some other guys that are kind of in that vein that i could see maybe taking this role but i think i think it worked really well um
1: Okay, yeah, I, I think the rule in news radio is something that, again, we're going to do a little recasting a little bit later, and we could talk about it a little bit more in that sense. Uh, but I think especially at that time, um, the Brian Piccolo movie is really right. where he got his big break. And I'm ashamed yeah, sure yeah, to say, yeah. I actually have not watched it, but that was like a TV movie where he got nominated for an award, which right. I believe is something that didn't really happen. Um, and then I, I watched Rollerball. You know, which gets called out a lot as being kind of uh, prescient about how professional sports are going and, and things of that nature. And again, a young James Conn, like he was so athletic looking. He's right. got broad shoulders. Yeah. You know, he's got a little bit of a swagger. And again, in, in most situations, he's a tall guy. Yeah, like you know, next to Phil Hartman and Andy Dick, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he, he had a real presence, and he had something that I was like, I really can't name another actor uh, from that time period, especially that could step in and do those roles and still have you take him seriously, both as like an athlete. Like Tom, I know you're you're a sports guy like me. I'm sure you've seen a bunch of movies where like this guy is not throwing that ball, or he is not right, right, that right. Basketball. Yeah. Like those are some very <laughs> generous cuts, because boy, let me tell you. You know, and, and James kind of comes in just, you know, it, it, he seems like he is the persona that he carries off of screen, off screen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then I, he had a couple uh, interviews, I believe, in like Playboy and some stuff where he was just very gruff and kind of to the point um, and, and just kind of furthered that image. You know, and that's, you know, that's what I think of James Conn. Yeah. But um, definitely great to have him in the series. Definitely great to have an opportunity to talk about his career uh, and, and what he brought to the screen. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. All right.
1: So moving on, uh, we have our added scene, something on the fly. What are some scenes uh, that you would have liked to have added to this episode or have them, you know, or wish they had filmed, essentially? Uh, Lauren, why don't you go ahead? What's what's one of you have?
4: Um, I only have one. Um, I want to see the scene where Catherine and Beth try to sneak away (laughs) from the basketball (laughs) game while Jimmy's not looking and he catches them. And he makes them feel so guilty for trying to leave early. And they feel really bad. And they ask him, how can we make it up to you? And he says the only thing that would make him feel better is if they got up and did the super fan bit with him. So he puts, you know, a foam finger on Catherine and his blue spandex mask on Beth, and they have to stand on either side of him while he's going through his theatrics, and they have to try to pretend to be into it. (laughs) (laughs) And and they both end up questioning, like, how bad do I need my job? Yeah, a lot. It it turns into a a
2: horror film real quick. Okay. Yeah. The precursor so to the Saw on, franchise. <laughs> put on the mask. Put on the mask, Beth.
1: <laughs> Alright, Tom, what is uh what is something on the fly for you? What's something you would like to have added?
2: Uh I would probably say the uh the scene of um Matthew trying to get uh, Abe Vagoda's autograph. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would have been absolutely great.
1: Absolutely great. In Pagoda with that voice, yeah, exactly, and he's he's like a comedy guy too, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got the chops for that. That actually, that would be really, really good. Okay, I have I have two, but the first one I really like to see is Lisa as a little girl, like junior high, getting teased for not knowing pop culture, and then she gives some sort of super nerdy response. You know, that that is like it's one of those things that like it'll be true in thirty years, but in junior high, it has no impact. (laughs) <laughs> um, because she doesn't know who Pinky Tuscadero is. Um, so that was the one that I would have gone with. Uh, Laura, did you have another one?
4: That was all I had. I got too fixated on that image in my head. <laughs> yeah, you actually yeah, else. You <laughs>
1: started scripting it. Like, <laughs> Get you had it all the way out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Tom, did you have another one? No, nah, that was it. Okay, so I just had one of, like, anybody who's seen The Godfather... When, when Sonny goes into town to, uh, to beat up his uh, sister's husband, it is one of the worst uh, like fakest beatings on camera. Mm. He misses a punch by three feet at one point. <laughs> the kicks look terrible. Uh, so what I would have loved to see this is, is him beating up Bill, but it's like it's kind of like a, a parody. Of the Godfather scene, like they're kinda of going through the same general motions and he gets to miss the punch again and they they kinda of play it out with him beating up Phil Hartman. Like I know it's not perfect. Somehow man. he that finds
2: be... like a trash can lid to hit him with.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like just one on top of the you can he just rips it down. Um, I, I would have loved it if there was something that kind of threw it back to the Godfather, especially in, in the, the violent part, you know. Maybe if he used the line
3: <laughs> if he uses in the Godfather of the <laughs>
1: So I thought those that, that scene, I think, would have been nice if they could have slipped it in. But I will I will go with their comedy genius that they just couldn't do it.
3: <laughs>
1: okay, uh, coming along to our catch-all category, which includes recasting and grab bag and things of that nature. Uh, we were wondering who, if you could recast James Conn, if you had another celebrity coming in, who could play that part? Who would that person be? Uh, Tom, who did you have as a recast for James Conn?
2: I, I had his film brother uh, Al Pacino.
1: Oh, Al Pacino. Okay, I'm like I'm like '90s Al Pacino. Yeah, that actually I could actually see that. Like I could definitely see him kind of having a lot of that same tone, in, uh, and and kind of deliver the same way. That's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. That's a good
3: pick.
2: Hooah. Hooah. <laughs> <laughs> I start
3: with the nuts. I move I on them. to the bolts,
1: and then I get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most fascinating <laughs> son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. Do you have an agent? That's a term. I can't, I can't do the, I can't do the, the voices. Um, that's a great pick right there. Lauren, who did you pick as a recast?
4: Um, first, my mind went to Johnny Cash only because I know they were trying to get him for a different episode, but of course they would have had to come up with a totally different plot device for why he was visiting the office. Probably Johnny Cash is not playing a broadcaster in a movie. <laughs> Probably not, though. Um so, so then I started trying to think of like more like serious heavyweight actors from that time, or even now. Uh, but I thought of Denzel Washington. Oh. Megastar, hmm, right? right? Also a huge star. And he's sort of famous for being a method actor. I don't know if that's true. This is a thing I've heard. I think a lot of people have heard it, that he's big into method acting. And so I think he would have taken studying for a role very seriously and probably really would have sought out people to, like, I'm going to job shadow you and I'm going to see everything you do Mm. and then I'm going to, you know, go home and pretend like I'm you, basically. So that was sort of why he came to mind. But I feel like he has that level of stardom. Mm. And he's also, like, has a little bit of a tough guy kind of persona. Yeah. And could easily deliver. Yep. I've heard him. King yeah. Kong
2: has nothing on
1: him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but like the probably the, the biggest um, the biggest knock on Pacino is the height, right? You're like that that mm. would be the one thing that would that would make it tough. Of again, Phil Hartman talking down to somebody, you know, like on screen. I wonder if it would work, but that, Denzel is a great choice too like yeah you know i think two of the greatest actors of, of all time probably can handle this cameo as themselves <laughs> like, I, I believe that i believe that
4: they can make it work
1: yeah. <laughs> um, my choice is a little bit tougher because i looked at again i i have a different type of uh perspective on james con so i still have questions like who in in hollywood is authentically tough and i was mm. like who would i believe is an actual tough guy you know that comes in the office and um I, I don't have a lot of answers of, of actors I know uh, that I, like, buy as authentically tough. Like, I know Dave Bautista was in the WWF, and he is absolutely the real deal. But, like, he couldn't come in and pull this role off and have that same level of menace almost. You know, like, like everyone's a little mm-hmm. bit nervous about James kind of erupting on him a little bit. You know, like, that's that goes with the reputation. <laughs> um, so I actually went with, with Chris Evans, who I think is too charming. Um, but he has the right sense of how to play scenes. And like again, if you've seen knives out, he can kind of play that jerk character really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that he's somebody that would be that would have been able to go into the episode and do a really good job as that as that guest star. Not too full of himself, still a little bit charming, but still a little bit dismissive of Bill for everything that Bill's trying to do.
4: Mm-hmm. I can see right. that. Yeah, but either your choice or my choice, I don't mind uh, (laughs) watching the screen. I'm A okay with both of those. (laughs) Yeah, and again,
1: like, I I really wonder in the 90s what James Conn's reputation really was. Like, you know, he really was like the son, much of a tough guy. I wonder if that guest star appearance held a lot more impact. You know, Mm. you watch a show Uh, where they have like somebody from the Olympics who won a gold medal and they just do a quick cameo. You know, and mm-hmm. then you watch it 10 years later and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that person.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that person I think existed. Michael Phelps okay. was a swimmer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I do think that time kind of um, affects the way we look at that cameo and, and affects the way that we expect people to react to him, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to people who kind of grew up watching him. Yeah. That's that. Okay, where, do we, what else do we have for the grab bag?
4: Um, I've got just one thing I wanted to mention. Okay. Um, so when I watch this episode, I often think about the bit where Dave is talking about how many Arnold the pigs there were. And at the end, you know, the third one, it wasn't his favorite. Not my favorite. And I, and I think about how he could have possibly dissected Green Acres so much that he has an opinion on which pig actor he does or doesn't (laughs) like best. But then I think about this podcast (laughs) and I realize that maybe we've all gone just a little bit Green Acres here.
1: That is a great, great
4: observation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is a huge observation.
4: Just something I wanted to mention. I'm going to get up
2: now and rethink my life. Thank you.
4: (laughs) I've sent Tom into an existential crisis.
1: I'm like, that's Dave's third coffee cup. Not my
4: favorite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just breaking it down. That's a great point, though. Yeah. Dave's
2: season three haircut. Not my
3: favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what a great line! See, what a great line.
1: Um, all right, great. So I have that is our I catch have one all the time one going.
2: thing. Okay, we've mentioned this, but um, how long were Dave and Lisa in? the electronic yeah. store because I'm guessing <laughs> mm-hmm. that the, it was around lunchtime-ish or maybe even before that when they left, mm-hmm. right, when James Conn comes in. I don't think yeah. James Conn was coming in at, like, 4 o'clock. No, he yeah. was probably coming in earlier to do his research. They are still there while the Knicks game is going on, which,
3: yeah. <laughs> which yes. that
2: doesn't start until, like, maybe 7, 8 o'clock at night. Right. And it's right. probably Seven in the middle the of that game – that is. Uh,
1: that's a great point. That they are
2: there point. for an inordinate amount. Like, probably the people that work there are pissed. They're like, "You go home, <laughs> like, get out of here. You gotta go yeah. now."
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Or you gotta buy. You better buy. You this better
1: TV buy something, right? right. Now. You, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's a great point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I would have absolutely said they're running out like around their lunch break or on a lunch break to go grab that TV. But if that is around noonish one o'clock, that means they basically did a whole shift in that store arguing about that TV.
2: (laughs) They did a full eight hours. Probably saw a shift change.
1: Yeah, we got to go back and do the Would You Rathers again.
2: Dave might have seen his favorite (laughs) Arnold by the time they left.
1: Oh, man. All right, that's a great call. That's uh, I'm definitely glad you pointed that out because I was like, it's got to be like four hours, five hours, but no, if the basketball game is on, that is optimistically something that started at 7 p.m. and not 8.30 or 9.
3: Oof.
1: Okay.
4: C-SPAN's looking better all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, all right, going into our last category here, episode explained badly slash headlines all right, where we much like movie plots explained badly are going to come up with our own headlines our own plot lines uh that we think are basically entertaining so i think tom usually kind of takes the cake so we're gonna start with lauren <laughs> and we're, we're gonna let tom <laughs> hit in the three hole today
4: all right i've got legendary actor James Caan files assault, assault charges against a fan for vomiting on him <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'm actually going to go just because I don't want Tom to be able to say it Wrath of Caan movie star rampages strikes reporter helping him prepare for next role
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, nice there had to be
1: a Wrath of Caan coming like I've got to make sure I get nope, out there. No, nope
2: surprisingly no I well, thought I'm maybe the there's something there yeah.
1: yeah
2: nice job alright Tom what do you got <laughs> alright um wm i'm sorry new york couple found okay after being declared missing searching
3: for tv
1: (laughs) that's good send out the search party (laughs) all right lauren do you have another one
4: i do uh billionaire media mogul and nick superfan tricks his staff members into competing to be humiliated by him
1: (laughs) I think in the 90s, that was just assumed, right? That's that's just kind of part of the deal. All right. I have uh, Starstruck Reporter justifies custodial staff's quarterly operational costs in one day. The the throw up, the coffee, like whatever happened on that desk. He's throwing vitamins all over the place on a James Conn shirt. He's whipping glasses across the place. Like, I figure Milos has some, some work to do.
4: Milo's might be quitting after today. <laughs> yeah, like that's kind of a lot. It's not worth it.
2: <laughs> All right, Tom, what do you got? Uh, movie star's obsession with Simpleton lands Khan in Hot Vomit.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, man. <laughs> All
1: right. I've got one more. Again, I can't really follow that. i got one more, though. Lauren, do you have another one? I have one more. All right, go go for it. Uh,
4: Man refuses to accept his girlfriend's life choices and attempts to change her by belittling her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I cannot help you if you will not listen. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My third one is egomaniacal radio broadcaster discovers he's not the most interesting person on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Again, low-hanging fruit this week. All right, Tom, what do you got?
2: Sports craze billionaire works blue at the garden.
1: Mmm. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> Like I can always see all of Tom's on newspapers. Like that's the thing is like, I can actually picture him on newspapers with
4: like the newspaper that like stands yeah. into
2: frame. Yeah, maybe I need to start reading him as the like '40s you know announcer guy. Sports Grace billionaire you know, works blue at the garden.
1: Then we'd all have to do it. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Ecological radio broadcaster. All right. Um, All right, so the next episode on the Hoodoo Factory Conveyor Belt will be Bill's autobiography for our Bill Bastic unit. Until next time, please stop by the gift shop on your way out, grabitgear.com. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fever. Good night, pumpkin. But a fuko to you, too.
0: Pantyhose. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your Hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoodoo underscore Factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress podcast network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fever. Hey, news radiologists, stick around to learn more about this adequate podcast that is also part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network.
6: Okay, here we go. Yep. <coughs> Hello. Hello, Kelly.
5: Um, hi.
6: Do you like scary movies?
5: I kind of have a whole podcast about it with my friend Josh Vermont. Press Play and Scream comes out on Tuesdays or, you know, whenever.
6: What's your favorite scary movie?
5: I can give you maybe top ten in the subgenre, but... We're going to play
6: a game, Kelly.
5: Ugh, really? I kind of have to be up in five hours. If you hang
6: up on me, I'll get you like a
5: fish. Okay, well, wasn't gonna hang up because I'm not a rude person, but since I doubt I'll be getting much sleep now anyway. Sure, we'll play a game, whatever.
6: What weapon did Leatherface use to kill people in Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation? A hammer. Wrong answer! It was- wait, you knew that one?
5: Yeah. Weirdly, he didn't kill anyone with a chainsaw in that one.
6: Okay. That was just a test. Now the real game begins. Who played Freddy Krueger?
5: Robert Englund.
6: You didn't let me finish. Who played Freddy Krueger's mother, huh? Answer that one, wise ass.
5: Which time? Huh? Which time? Because, I mean, there was the flashback sequence at the beginning of A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, where she was played by Beatrice Boppel, who's featured throughout the rest of the movie too, by the way. But then there was the old nun character played by Nan Martin in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, where everyone pretty much acknowledges that she's supposed to be Freddie's mother's ghost, even though it's not stated out loud. I mean, do you even watch horror movies?
6: Okay. Okay, how about this one? You answer wrong, and I'll throttle you with your own intestines.
5: Yeah, I like my chances. Are you Googling horror trivia?
6: I'm not Googling horror trivia. Okay, so, haha. What 80s horror movie starred Linnea Quigley and Hal Havens?
5: What a stupid question.
6: If you can't answer, you'll bleed.
5: No one can answer because it's a bogus question. They were in two 80s horror movies together, Night of the Demons and Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Ball Bowl-a-rama. Both demon-based horror movies, by the way, if you care. God, what is with you? You beg me to play this game with you and then you suck at it. Now I want to watch Dream Child again. I'm never getting to sleep now. That guy sucked.
6: Nice. I think we know, that. how do you feel?
5: I think so. I think so. I don't think I'm very good at acting, but I think it'll be fun. <laughs> be.
6: Yeah. No. It's okay. It's a, It's not really about how good you are at acting.
5: I mean, says the person that can do the voices.
6: Yeah. Well, that was my dad. You know, what can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs>